Roll. All right, what's up, man? I'm here with Will Harris and Ben, ben Chalvera. I don't know. I can't say it right. I don't have a uh, Hispanic descent or my draw kind of messes everything up. But what's up, guys? How you doing? How you doing? So um, this is our first podcast. Uh, bear with me, listeners. We're, we're new to this. I'm new to this. But I want to just get get some good content out and actually provide my listeners with value. So today I have two people from two different industries. Will's, Will's from the oil and gas industry. Ben's from the um, office printing industry. And um, both of them have really different backgrounds. So, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's interesting. We were just chatting and Will actually dated Ben's daughter in high school. And holy shit, we just found that out here. So, so we um, finally found him. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I guess I'll let Will lead since he's in an awkward position now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one of the few that ended on good terms. So yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, I mean, it's two like you said, it's two totally different industries. So let's uh, kind of like bounce around and just see if the, the similarities are there. I know um, a lot of listeners are probably looking for some feedback on maybe marketing or sales or you know management. So um, if y'all don't mind, I mean, we all three have. Uh, different backgrounds in that. So like, I'd like to kind of just jump around maybe on the marketing aspect of, you know, kind of what you do. Yeah. I mean, cool. I mean, so I really want to get, we're, we're all for that and pushing bit, you know, talking about business and marketing, but I want to get in the deep roots of how we got to where we're at. Um, everyone has different backgrounds. So let's talk about that. Where did you start out at? I know you're in the nightclub industry, the nightlife industry before or bartending or whatever, something like that. I can't. Yeah. Um, all, all the above. Okay. So, um, Started way back when with the uh, good old management under uh, Tim Huck. Everybody yeah. knows um, Mr. Huck very well. Yeah. Um, he, you know, I was going, I was going to college, and he was one of those guys that really just pushed me uh, to finish. And he hired me to, uh, you know, help him with uh, Phoenix and manage uh, Sandbar. And you know, I was working there and driving back and forth from Natchitoches after after hours. And um, got through school, and he told me, he said, "The day you graduate, I'm gonna fire you." And uh, if anybody knows Tim, Tim, you know, Tim fires everybody and then yeah. he hires them. But uh, sure enough, he, he fired me and he didn't rehire me. So I had okay. to kind of, uh, you know, jump and decide what to do. And uh, my first opportunity I took, and it was with uh, Schlumberger right. as a, um, you know, going into a cement and a cement engineer. And um, the very next week, uh, I was going to Williston, North Dakota, where yeah. I spent, you know, a couple of years learning. So, right. Um, so that's kind of that's where my oil and gas industry pretty much started. Is a very uh, increased learning curve, but um, it was it was it was good. So well, now you're on the business side of it. You're not in the field yeah. anymore. You know, because it's interesting because I started in oil and gas in 2008, I believe, and uh, spent nine years in the industry before I got into the marketing industry I'm in now. But it really gives you a good perspective on background and relationship based business with clients and the people you work with. Ben, what about you, man? How did you get started? You have an interesting story, and I've, I think I've only heard half of it. So now you know, you've heard you've heard the, the the half that I think is is um, not under disclosure. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's interesting. This is when you told me about this that you're going to do this. I thought that was really a good idea because this medium is really taking off, right? You know, and so being that this is the first one, you know, we're either look back at it and go. That's when it all started. Or, yeah, or that's when it all went to hell. Exactly. You know? exactly. Uh, but, uh, but for me, I'm actually in the industry I'm at today because I'm married into it. Okay. Uh, my wife's family started a, a business, the Laser's Edge. And uh, if you went to high school in Bossier Parish in the 70s or 80s, Milton or Sandra Nix would have been the one to teach you choir. 
Right. And uh, that was those are my in-laws. Unfortunately, Milton passed away um, about a few years ago, uh, and uh, the, uh, my mother-in-law still runs the business. Um, I work with my wife. You know, right. As I like to say. Every day is like Thanksgiving because <laughs> um, we work, we work, and I, like I was saying, it's the Mexican Thanksgiving, yeah. not yeah. the not the, the portrait Thanksgiving. Um, but uh, we all, we all, it, it's a very different dynamic how we work, and and I didn't necessarily say, hey, I want to one day work in toner cartridges. Right. You know? I mean, I want to be an architect. Right. You know, I, it, it all, it, you know, life tends tends to take you where you where you where you need to be. But uh, it, I will say that. It has given me because of the industry we have. I never missed one of my children's soccer games. Right. Um, never missed uh, one of my daughter's cheer or yeah. I'm sorry, dance line. Not she went cheer, it was her dance line. Um, and it wasn't that the industry made us rich or, or, or got us um, uh, wealthy, but it gave us the time to do those things that money can't buy. Right. And that is where I I believe. We continue to strive to do what we do because our industry has changed so much that it's unbelievable. And if we were just in it for that, there's no way we would have stayed in it. Um, so, you know, that's why I'm where I am today because I did work in an industry. I worked in the golf industry for and managed properties. And it was, you know, that's a that's a constant growing thing. And when you're off work, you're not off work. Right. Yeah. So, you're running. Yeah. You're running yeah. business for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that that's the most important thing I really, I think that hits home is that if you're able to find something that you're passionate about and actually are able to put the time into it and then you get paid for it at the same time, who gives a damn if it's, you go from making $200,000 a year to 80000 if you're at $200,000 a year making that good of money, but you hate your life, you hate your job, why not make the 80 and be happy? I mean, at that point in time, I think that's, you know, that's where I'm, I'm at right now. And you guys, I think, you know, I see value in what you guys do and you, you're passionate about what you do. And, um, so it just makes this, makes this even much better. You know, it's talking about this stuff and not getting, getting too left field in the actual delivery of business where it's more like, Hey, we're doing what we love, but we can all find a copy. Oh, no, no, I'm not doing what I love. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, didn't, you didn't ask me that. Don't you ask how I started. Well, I mean, I know, you, I know you have hobbies. I know you like, uh, I know you like Ferraris and Lamborghinis and you like to paint, you know, that's cool. You yeah. Know? But no, and, but what it does is that allow, that does give, lot, it gives you time to do, gives you time to do the things you love. So in that sense, I guess, yeah. Right. Uh, I guess. Well, I guess. what about, so you lived in Hawaii, you're originally, where were you born at? I was originally born in New Mexico. Okay. And my dad was in the military. And you're Hispanic descent, right? That's, yeah, okay. I'm a Mexi- actually Mexican Indian. Okay. Um, I'm Yaqui, I mean, Brez Apache. Okay. And um, some Spanish, you know, peppered in there for, you know, spice. Right. And, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, my dad was in the military, so we lived all over the world. Every About every four years, we moved somewhere. I lived in Oklahoma, um, Illinois, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, again, in New Mexico, I lived in Italy. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Italy. That's awesome, right there. Uh, that, and that, that wasn't. I did not like it when I was there. Well, how old were you? I was between. I moved there when I was thirteen, and then I think I left when I was seventeen. So, did you see a shift in the? I guess your environment shifted. Is there less technology there when you moved there? Or what's the what's the shift there? Why did you not like it? Well, I, I moved to southern Italy, okay. which was basically about ten years behind technologically from okay. from you know Kentucky. Right. Um, no, no offense to Kentucky. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what what it was is there was no television, radio. Okay. No telephone. 
Okay. Okay. We lived in a town that had where we lived. We we lived out about twenty miles away from the base, but it was we lived in a town called Ostuni, which meant White City. It's beautiful, and you know, it, it's exactly what you figured Southern New would look like. But I'm 13, 14 years old. I'm in the prime of what I figure is, hey, I'm you know, all my buddies, yeah, with football, stuff exactly. like that. I moved to a school where the graduating class was six. Well, you know, unfortunately, I didn't graduate from there because I would have graduated in the top, you know, fifty percent of my life. But I didn't. Um, but what happened is, uh, I ended up learning how to. In that sense, uh, I read a lot of books. Um, I learned how to be happy with nothing. You know, not in a poor sense, but happy without having to have right. all the constant right. stimulation. Right. Sort of appreciative food. Yeah, very appreciative yeah. of it. And the food, my God, the food I got was amazing. I, I, I miss it to this day. Um, and so I was, um, I visited a lot of places people want to read about. You know, I walked up on the, lot, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. When they didn't have railing, right? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm and today I'm like, oh uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I can't walk across the street yeah, without. Right. Looking. But um, uh, I've been in the Vatican several times. I was confirmed in the Vatican, you know, when I used to be Catholic, right? Um, uh, and uh, just experiencing a lot of things that that uh, I, I rented a moped one time when we were. I don't think my parents, my mom and I, my parents didn't listen to this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we rented a moped. We're 15 years old. We rented a moped in Rome. And we just, because I wanted to find the Lamborghini dealership. Right. And I'm like, let's rent a moped. We rent a moped and we had a map. You know, and it was all Italian. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. like, okay, yeah. go. Sixth Street South, turn right. We got lost. But I told my son to that story today and he just is like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I did. I did that. I and um, uh, so, you know, it, it taught, me to, taught me to be independent, yeah. you know, and, and just enjoy um, uh, quiet. You know, and, and, and in retrospect, when I go back and look at all of the kids that I went to school with back in New Mexico before I left, a lot of them got into drugs, mm -hmm. a lot of them got into um, alcohol, right. you know, and, and it was a blessing, you know, that, that I got a chance to do that. And, and um, I got lucky and I did that. And then after that, I moved to Hawaii. Um, what about least, that? that, was, that, that yeah, I mean, dude, that's, that's, where the, that's where the fun started. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, that's where you're, so you're probably, what, 17, 18 when you moved to Hawaii? Yeah, I'll go 17. But here's I mean, a good thing with me. Okay, here's a good thing with me. When I lived in Italy, I could pass as Italian. Yeah. When I lived in Hawaii, I could pass as local. That's why I asked because I wasn't sure where you fell in between those. Yeah, I was. I could pretty much, you know, blend in. Right. You know, pretty good. Like, you know, people ask me here, especially like, oh, you know, here my name Chavarria, Spanish. Is yeah. Oh, you know, you speak Spanish? I'm like, mm, kind of a little bit, and they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'll put it this way: if we go out to eat at a Mexican restaurant, I can tell them to hold the onions. Right. Okay. I can't tell your roofers not to use your bathroom inside the house. That's that's um, uh, but I, I've been able to pass for, for for those types of things and and I've always been independent and even when I moved to Hawaii you know it was it was I, I I worked I went to school in Hawaii my parents lived there they moved uh, my dad got his assignment I'm like where are you moving I thought maybe they moved to Spain or something I'll go I just graduated high school started going to college and my dad's like uh, Oklahoma City. I said, well, adios. I'm yeah. stay right here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go from yeah, Hawaii. To, I, I wouldn't either. To Oklahoma City. Like and so I met my wife. I met my wife a few years later. She was, uh, she's actually from here. Uh, she married a man from uh, Hawaii and they moved over there and they ended up, you know, getting a divorce and put on business out here too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but people ask, how did you come here? Well, that's how we got, that's, right. that's how we right. ended up here. Uh, and so, um, uh, my son was born in Hawaii. Uh, actually I married when I was 22 years old. When I got 22, when I married when I was 20 years old, Chelsea, my oldest daughter was eight. Okay. And my youngest daughter was two. 
Okay. So I was a 22-year-old with a two-year-old and an eight-year-old. That's wild. Yeah, well, that's today wild. is wild. My son's that, 22. Now we know what happened when you moved. Yeah, back. exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm like, ah, I went crazy, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, they're, they're from a previous marriage. And uh, our son was born in Hawaii, but we moved shortly after that because it's so hard to live there. Yeah. Especially, quote, unquote, if you're doing what you love. Right. You know, uh, yeah. you got to do something to make money. Right, right. Uh, and so, um, but that's, you know, that's, that's how I do appear. But I, 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 I feel very blessed that I've had a ton of experiences. And this is a phenomenal place to raise children. I swear, this is the best. That's what everyone says. I mean, that's you know, and and now my 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 oldest daughter, she's a, a jet engine mechanic in Dallas. My middle daughter is a, uh, a registered nurse here at Willis Knighton. Right. Uh, my son Sage, she works for Ferrari in Dallas. Right. You know, and so uh, if it's, if if you're if, it, if you're in the oil industry, mm-hmm. oil and gas, or medical, it's a wonderful place to right. to to work. You yeah. know, and then but. Uh, uh, my other two children, my two children had different things, and, and luckily they're close enough to me. I can see them very closely. That's, that's so, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we have like I don't know about you know you and a younger light will as far as like when I started working really for myself and figured out that I wanted to do something different than everyone else. I really didn't at first. I was a, I was an introvert, so I didn't talk to anyone. It's crazy now that I'm doing this because I was an introverted, but I think I spent most of my younger years watching and listening and paying attention mm-hmm. and learning learning from other people's mistakes and how they were operated and knew that I wanted to do something differently. And I started working at like 13 years old at the sawmill stacking lumber. And um, that, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up and that was what I did on holidays and stuff. And I just feel like taking that and putting into perspective now to the kids we have these days. And, and I say that lightly because I don't have any children, but I get called a millennial all the time and I don't really know where I fall in there, but I, I know, I know we're all different age groups, but it's funny to see the worth ethic evolve like to where you don't see it a lot in younger people. And I think it's because of accountability. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we have the accountability as a society as we did as much as we did 10 years ago. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I told my son about five years ago when I saw all this stuff happen. I told him, I said, look, I said, if you're just willing to work 10% harder than everybody else your age, you're going to be. That's it. Away. And it's still that's, that way. That's it. it you don't like I, I, you used to have to be the hardest per- working person in the room to get notoriety. But if you just do the bare minimum now and a little bit more, you're going to succeed. Yeah. What do you think? What's your stance? Well, on? I think the other thing is, too, and I think this is probably going to rub people the wrong way, but it is. That's it is okay. A, it is a belief I'll rub them whatever way. I think one of the issues, um, and it is our age group, uh, we did, most of us did grow up, you know, uh, poor and right. we had to work for what we had. Right. And a lot of the mentality is as a parent having kids, you want to give your kids everything and them not really work for it. Right. So then I think we're, as a society, we're creating that entitlement. So it's like, I had to work my ass off to get what I had. I don't want my, my child to go through what I went through. Right. So I'm going to hand them everything and they grow up thinking right. that's okay. Right. I mean, we see it on TV with some of the, you know, the birthday shows and stuff. And, yeah. and yeah, yeah, you know exactly what I'm well, talking about. The homecoming so, invitation today. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. I mean, like, the, the chicks are asking the dudes now. What's up with that? Because the girl's not going to wait and he ain't going to do it the way she wants him to ask her. <laughs> so she's going to do it that way. Or, or he can't afford the way that she wants it. Right. I want the Blue Angels to fly over <laughs> yeah. and say yes or no and yeah. code. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, of course, but it's like that's where you start as a society. Like now we wanted to give, you know, our age group and a little bit older than me were giving their kids participation trophies and everything. And so 
they complain about this society now and the kids that are growing up, but they're the ones that created it. And they're also the ones that are complaining about it. And um, social media, for, for example, everyone complains about social media and what it's doing to society, but they're all using it. Yeah. They control the content. They're generating the content. They're putting the content out there, but they're complaining about the content. It makes no sense. And it's super, you know, counterproductive. Whereas we can't grow because we're putting everything out there, all of our business and all of, you know, all of our personal stuff, all of when we're, when we're happy, when we're sad, everything's out in front of people. And it's like, you used to escape from technology, uh, escape from reality and use technology as an escape. Now we're having an escape from technology to reality, which is crazy. And it's trying to find a happy medium in there. You know, and there's so much responsibility and maturity that has to go with social media because we've seen everybody abuse social media and it's either, you know, it's jeopardized careers, it's exactly. jeopardized families, it's yeah. jeopardized relationships. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it has changed, it has literally changed our way of living, of how we function day to day, all the way from a, a mentality standpoint to a, a physical aspect of, of what you're doing, even for a business. Well, and, luckily, I'm old enough that. Um, I'm, 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 I'm at that age where I really don't know how to use it as right. much. So, um, because I, I tell you about time, if they'd have had this when I was a kid, I'd have been so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't even have it when we were kids. Uh, which is crazy, crazy, you know? if, I, if I had, I tell my son, I mean, he's on his phone. I look, I said, you know, if I'd have had that at my fingertip, I mean, first of all, the amount of trouble I would have got into just from all the things I would have said. Right. We were dangerous you know, enough by ourselves without, without any help. Yeah. yeah. Everything's in your hands now. And it's so interesting, especially our age group seeing social media evolve because yes. I remember from start to now. Yeah. Cause I remember when Facebook first came out, it was just for college students. Right. You had to have a college right. ID email right. and that was it. And now it's just like, and then now you see, you see the trending of age groups of who's using what. So you have a certain age group using Facebook, you have a certain age group using Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. I mean, the social media platforms just go on and on. And the new one, TikTok, all the youngins are using that from, you know, ages eight and up. Yeah. Okay. Same. I saw that TikTok yeah. thing. Oh, where are these parents? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. hey, I don't know, but look, it's exactly like you said. Yeah. Everyone has a phone now. Everyone has a device, and they're doing some wild stuff on there. I, yeah. I'm like, at first, and not only that, there's a cookie cutter. They're, they're, they, they molded some kind of person, made 50,000 copies of them. They're all doing the same dance. But I, 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 I I, I don't. Even, I can't look at it sometimes. I'm yeah. like, okay, this is. I got to go to church now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because this is this. You know, I, I, and so and that's what I like about you, DJ, is with social media is that you actually use it as a tool, and you're the first person I've met that that was serious to the point where it's like, look, you can be exposed this way and this way and this way, and this will help your business because of this. Versus, you know, like my my. My uh, the, the people that own well, my in laws, um, they you know will always did radio, always right. did radio. Always right. did. Now we don't do any of it. Right. You know we don't. Right. But I've seen I've seen that change so much, just like Arnish in the fa- last five years about how social media and everything changes mm-hmm. so quickly. But you understand that, and and I don't not necessarily want to have the time or desire to do it. Right. But you know the pulse. You know what's going on. Well, it's a necessity. No matter if you're in your personal life now to fit into society, you have to know what's going on. And, and social media is your best outlet. And, um, you know, whereas 20 years ago, we watched the news every morning. Nobody knows that anymore. No one reads the paper. As soon as they pick these devices up, they look at them immediately first thing in the morning. When they're getting up to take a pee. They're like, 
What, let me check my notifications. What happened? What, 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 what shooting? Yeah. Do you think boundaries have fallen to the point of, of, of almost like, hey, I don't really know you, yeah. you know, but, oh. you know, I follow you. I want to talk, you know, I, can't, I don't really, you know, I don't really know you. That's but, another uh, thing. I've seen your TikTok video, yeah, right? But I don't really right. know. That's another thing is I think we're so scared. We, no one has accountability anymore, and we're so scared to show our true self. That's one main reason why I want to put this show out there is because I want to talk about real stuff, mm-hmm. real life. I don't care what you see on social media. The people who create the quote unquote influencers, that's great. But what happens tomorrow if Instagram goes away? What do they have? So if you've not built an actual real following with good content and given value to people who follow you, then what the hell do you have when it's gone? So I think that, yes, we can utilize social media as a whole and use the good parts of it and then, you know, just set the bad parts of it aside. Of course, they're going to cross at some point, but it's just it's just how it works. There's so many people out there that are creating this character and that's not who they are in real life right. because of their insecurities. They want to be this way, but they're not taking the extra step to be this way. They're just creating it real quick, you know, and pushing yeah. it out there and say, this is who I am. This is what I look like. A million filters, different angles. Anyone can take a picture of their ass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, anyone can take a picture of their ass. I wake up their like- abs and post it and say, yeah, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, shoot. Hump day. Wednesday. Yeah. You know, Wednesday's hump day. Okay. Show my ass. Well, that's cool. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, you're, it's just an ass. You know what I mean? Like it's not, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. And, and another thing is these influencers are creating content based on what people like. Okay. So they know, okay, if I do this, people are going to like it. So that's how they generate all their content. Instead of being creative themselves, who cares if you only get five likes versus 5,000, that one piece of content may result in better reach later on because you're different. You're not falling into the crowd of the same well, stuff. Well, it's actually your own content. You're not exactly. following what somebody else is Exactly. Doing. But that's I mean, what we do. Let's be honest. There's in your probably, industry, there's probably asses on Instagram. Yeah, you know, exactly. So. I mean, besides the asses, do you guys do a lot of <laughs> in your industry? Uh, we do use social media, but we're more on the LinkedIn side. Yeah. Okay. Which is more career-based right. and, and professional. And LinkedIn's hot right now. It's it where, it's where yeah, Facebook was in 2011 or 12. Yeah. It has a lot of reach. Um, and anyone who's listening, if you're not using LinkedIn, especially if you're in any kind of business, B2C or B2B, you need to be on it. Especially if you think you're B2B, business to business, and you don't realize that you're actually business to consumer. Because end user is always going to be consumer. Whoever makes the decision at the business is consumer. So I think if we take a mentality from business to consumer all the time, that our best content is going to be out there. People are so worried about their image as a company. And they're not worried about the person who's making a decision. Oh, yeah. And another powerful tool for LinkedIn too is um, if you're if you're in search of employment. Yeah, of then, course. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a platform now. Well, that's another thing. Like uh, researching resumes, no one does that anymore. Ooh. They look at your social media. If you were out partying last Wednesday night till two a.m., they're, they're not going to hire you. Yeah. Why the hell would they want someone coming in running their business? <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning hung over, you know what I mean? That stuff, like you said, that wasn't around a long time ago. You could get away with a lot more stuff back then. I could lie on my resume yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was. Yeah. I, I, left, I left because I wanted to. Exactly. It's the same, man. Not to, I mean, you know, I don't want to get hyper-focused on business here, but I think that we all are in different industries and we all can work together as a whole. And I think most of this content going out on this podcast is just, Getting information out there and letting everyone know that it doesn't matter what industry you're from, what you're doing in life, whether you're a striving artist, you're a musician, 
you're just someone who wants to create a product and create a, a website and push it out at scale and sell it, you know, whatever the hell you want to do, we all have the same common goal and to succeed, but you can't do that if you're playing the same game as everyone else and not creating something valuable and different, you know. I think the other thing, too, uh, touching on that point, people need to define their own success. I think that's a big, I think that's a big, I completely big agree. Point. And self-worth, man, self-worth. Yes. And so many people don't understand what true success is. They think it's all either financial or materialistic, and that's not the case at Vanity, all. vanity runs yeah. everything. So it really does. I mean, touching on you, your point, talking about how much time you had, um, your point on, uh, DJ, on how much you love doing what you do. Right. All, all that is big pieces of actual success right. and, and, and creating that puzzle that you have. And people just need to understand that and define what makes them truly happy in a career because right. then they'll be even more successful than they were trying to chase you know, somebody else's dream. That's well, I'm going to tell you what took me the longest time to figure out, and I didn't even figure it out until I was probably almost four years old, was that what I do is not who I am. Exactly, yeah. and that's the biggest issue. And I used to, I used to hold my whole value, my whole worth on, on, on where I went to work, what I did, what I was in charge of, who I was in control of, um, uh, what my responsibilities were. The more responsibilities were, more, more responsibilities I had, the more uh, I felt important. The more I felt, you know, uh, I had worth. And then I went from from working, you know, forty, uh, you know, sixty plus hours a week to trying to go back to work to forty hours a week and. For me, it was it was very difficult. It was almost a depressing type of thing because I felt that I have ten percent of the responsibility that I used to have, whereas I should have been happy saying, "Oh man, I only have ten percent of responsibility I used right. to have." I I had these other opportunities, but no, I was more, I was more concerned that that I was not. Um, uh, in the position I was, and I did. And that, I thought that defined that me. gave, yeah, that defined, yeah, use that as a tool yeah. to say, okay, I'm I'm in the position of power. This makes me better than these people, or it defines who I am, <laughs> or, Whereas, or made me feel successful. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, right, right. But that's not real. What I, exactly. Right. And, but and now you know. And I, it, it, how old are you now? If you want to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, I like to. I'm, like, I'm 47. Okay, and Will, how old are you? 33. Okay, and I'm 30. So it's like I'm just now realizing these things. The past few years, and I, I thought at first it was because I'm in an industry now where I work with multiple businesses and different people all day, every day. But the fact of the matter is, earlier in life, I was spending money. I was making good money. I was in oil and gas. I was making good money, and I was spending it all on stuff that I thought was cool, just like everyone does now. Like people on social media that take pictures beside fancy cars and act like they're theirs yeah. just, to get, just to get girls to like their photos so they can hit them up in the DM, you know? Uh, yeah. And that, and that goes to a whole nother thing. The online dating thing. Oh, Remember shit. when online dating come out? Okay. Here's, I have a point here. I have a point here. When online dating come out 20 years ago, 30 years ago, no, probably about 25, something like that. It like, as soon as the internet launched a few years later, online dating comes out. Okay. And then nowadays it's, it's almost like, nostalgic you don't hear about it anymore you have the you know hook up and the dm stuff mm -hmm. but the funny thing about it is everybody who's using social media to look at booty pics or to get in some girl's dm they're online dating yeah mm -hmm. but they hate on it so it's hilarious to me you know what i mean it's like you're still online dating you're you're contacting someone you have no idea who they are and you're sending nudes through dms and all this distasteful stuff that we've we've seen over the past few years is crazy how it's evolved and how people are just so open with everything they're putting out oh, there yeah. 
But, you know, it's crazy to go back to what I was getting at is, is that over the past few years, I've grown in the sense that I don't care about material items like I used to. And I really did used to. I, I bought an expensive house, I had expensive cars, motorcycles, all this crap that I never used that I paid for all the time. And then I would come home and look at it like, crap, this is costing me money, crap, this is costing me money. And I've worked all day, every day and tired. And then I have paying for all this stuff and I just have it so I can take girls out to eat or do whatever. And now it's like, man, I don't even care about that anymore. I just want to, whatever I do all day, every day is make a difference. And it's not to me, it's for everyone else. Cause I think the more you give indirectly, you receive back. And it's not even for that. It just makes you feel better. I think as a society, even people today, when you see those puppy videos where those people rescue dogs, they have so much engagement. That makes me happy because that means that people still give a damn. Because mm-hmm. you don't think they do because they worry about so much vanity and so much material items. But then you see that and you're like, okay, as a society, we still have a heart. Right. And if we can play on that stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you still got to find a balance. Of because, course, of because, course. Because just, just you know, yeah, I love what I do, but you know what? I like getting in my car at the end of the day. Hell yeah. Because it's got air conditioned seats. Yeah, exactly. My, my exactly. <laughs> but, my but, but that doesn't define you. It doesn't you're define not living you. on that. But quality costs. You know, exactly. quality is never expensive. You know, it's it's it. But you do you do get to a point where you say, okay, you know, like you, I see you got a key, says Jaguar. Now I don't know if this is a, just a key ring he found somewhere. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he carries it around. I carry it around. I carry it around for the DM. Yeah. Exactly, that's right. He's got it's got as a hashtag on a yeah. yeah. But um, uh, there's 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 certain things along the way. Where, you know what? I'm not successful, but I'm happy that my car starts every morning. Right. I'm happy that it's warm when it's cold, right. it's cold when it's when it's hot. Right. Um, and, and so, and when I hear a lot of people say stuff like, you know, oh, money can't buy happiness and money can't do this. Well, you know, money can do a lot of things. Exactly. It'll do, but it can do bad things, but also do good things. Right. And, and if you are in a place where you're satisfied, you're content, um, with with what you have, then you know, yeah. You, the more money you make, you set aside, you do, you know, invest it and do other things right, like that. Right. But the contentment is what is where you need to be. And and a lot of times, for years, we didn't have a car payment. And then one, one of my kids was moving out. We gave him one of the cars, and then we had to buy another car. And it was like, oh my god, yeah, you know, another car payment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, you, know, you, don't, you don't you don't want to you don't want to do that, but. Uh, the, the balance of yeah, you know what? It's good to have nice things. Yeah, never bad. To have of nice course, things. Just don't yeah. let them define right. You. Don't let them define you. Don't be the reason why. If I want to have a nice vehicle and I want to pay for it, and that's my means of transportation, to buy all means great. But am I working to impress someone, or am yeah. I working for myself? You it's, know, it's what's that motivation and mentality that you right. have on doing what you're doing? Right. Me, me, and you just talked about this downsizing and yeah. what's important. Yeah. So it's, it, it, that's why it's funny that you, you brought it up because I mean. It's the same thing with uh, me and Amanda. We we have this house that is just absolutely gorgeous, but um, because of our our workout schedule and travel schedule and and work schedule, we just we're never home to enjoy it. Right. So it's it's you know we we had to have that serious conversation like okay well you know what are we doing right and uh, so you know it's it's up for sale because we're going to downsize and um, there's just no point in having it because we're not there to enjoy it and uh, you know we can use that money. Push, uh, putting toward you know experiences with each other and in life and everything else. So um, I know exactly what you what you you're, what you're getting at. Yeah, in a nutshell. I mean, I think we all agree. That's why I, I disvive well is because like you know, in 20 years you may care about that, but right now you're trying to make make your way. You're right. trying to develop your career. Well, you're trying to build your career. And even still, I don't think in the later years 
It, I think that stuff, the, all the material stuff just seems to diminish. Yeah. Well, I'm a grandfather now, and I'm going to tell you. Yeah, there's, that's there's, congrats on that. I know it. You, hey, you do use social media. I do. <laughs> I, but I, you I, know why? You're proud, and it's it's real. That is well, real. Those are real moments you're capturing, passion, you know, posting you and your grandson. My butter bean is is my life. Yeah, and and it's funny because my son, my son's age, um, you know, people talk about grandkids because they say, oh, you get a chance to, to, to fix your mistakes. You get a chance right. to to re, you know do do, do you know do that, you get a do over. I'm like, it's not a do over. This is a do again. Right. I get to, I get to do it because I love my son so. I mean, I cry every time I have to leave him in Dallas. You know, yeah. I'm like, ah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but my grandson, I experience the same things and see them grow. And, and I'm gonna tell you this though, okay? It's been twenty something years, baby, in my house. So oh, he different. comes and stays oh, over. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up every disease, yep. every child born illness yep. <laughs> you know, that, that I haven't had. But but when it comes to to a grandchild and having you know that. Whatever you call it, success. Um, again, I look at it like, okay, my grandson will never not have somebody to look at him, to keep an eye on him if, right. if my daughter's got called. Right. You know, because of this, because of what I do. Because you're you're where you need to be and want to be. Yeah. Where you and, can and be my house like is not. That. My house is not. Beautiful. I, I beautified it. Right. I, but it's not. You know, it's not in a, a rich neighborhood. It's, right. Um, but. I would love to have more money to do things with him. Like you said, it's about experiences. Exactly. It's about taking that and saying, you know what? Yeah, we can we can buy this car. We can go to Italy. Right. Uh, we yep. can do this stuff. And some people go, well, that's just a thing. Yeah, but you know what? Memories don't. You can't repossess memories. No, you can't. You know. I think I think how everyone is raised raised basically does define them later on in life. And everyone says that when it comes to psychology and going back to, well, was this person abused as a child or is this mm-hmm. person given too much as a child? And I think we focus on that too much, but what it all boils down to is what did you experience and what are you making out of that experience? Because everyone uses it differently. Do you think that now having a grandson, it's a, I know it's got to be a different experience than having a son because you're in a different point in your life. You don't have the same, you don't have the same distractions. You may not have the same stress. You know, I don't, you know, what is that? Is that? It's, it's different. It's only really different in the sense that, um, I don't have the final say. Right. You know, uh, honestly, really, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, but I had, but here's, and here's the thing with communication. A lot of people, business is communication. Life is communication. Yeah. If you don't communicate properly, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I don't care what you do. So I had to talk with my daughter because um, we were, we, we kind of got our, our, our messages crossed about doing something and I wanted to do something, but I knew we were going to be keeping an eye on him and um, her plans had changed. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't plan anything if if plans keep changing. It was not to no fault of her own. It's just that the people she was going to do something with never got back to her. Right. So her and I had a conversation. Said and 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 I said, look, I really wanted to go eat some Mexican food because I right. had some, you know. Right. Um, and when I cook, it's not considered Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I wanted to go. But and I thought, well, if I'm going to have him this afternoon, I'm just going to take him with me to, to to do it. But I didn't think I was going to have him, so I didn't go do it. And so we had a conversation. She said, well, you know what? If you want to take him to go do something. Then take him. So I'm like, oh, okay. You tell me I could. Yeah. Okay, well, guess yeah. what? If yeah. butterbean's wrong with me, then if I want to go do something, he's going to come with me. And you know, it, so it in that goes, sense, it's it's. It goes right back to business too. If we're talking about like, if you don't go to your supervisor or boss and ask for that raise or tell them what the problem is, and you keep it inside, and you let it make you build up resentment towards them, to your colleagues, or to your company. And you leave, you could have missed an opportunity just because you were scared to communicate. And that's right back to us 
being more self-aware and not so scared to be different, mm-hmm. you know, and independent of our thoughts. And no, I agree. That's cool. I mean, and that also gives the management, you know, with the communication down to, to their direct reports and telling them, yeah. if, you know, where, where they need to build on. You can't expect anything out of them if they don't know what they're doing wrong or where their improvement is. And at Corporate America is almost dead, man. It, it's, it's alive, but it's not in the no. sense that when you're recruiting people, when you're working with people, I, I, like my employees, I don't want them to be scared of me when I walk in the room. Mm-hmm. I want to be open to problems because if I'm open to problems, then I'm always going to be a solution, you know, outlet for them. You know, I could be a platform for solution instead of a platform for judgment. Right. And I think that's going to make a better, stronger relationship. And you can use that in personal, too. Yeah. I mean, if you if you entrust in your significant other, your family member or your boss to talk about what's important. OK, don't let it get too personal to where it's diminishing worth, you know, your progress and work. But the fact that I'm able to talk to my employees and say, OK, what's wrong? How can we fix this? Let's work together. Instead of being that person at the top of the the pyramid that's shouting at someone that shouts at someone else, and then it gets all the way down to the bottom, and then at that point, there's no relationship. I think also a lot of people are, at least I think today, are more motivated by memes than principles. Of course. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I heard this online, so this this is my my culture. They'll post a meme all day long, but... Then, then again, that's just that's just BS fluff advertising because if you're not living by the words that you say, oh, yeah. then who the hell are you? You know, you're just putting something out there. Someone important said that inspirational quote, and you want your page to look inspirational for the day. Okay, so I'm motivated in the morning. I'm going to motivate all my followers because I'm going to get some likes. Because see, that's the, another thing. It's like your followers, the people who are click, clicking like those inspirational posts, they truly want to be inspired. Yeah. Inspiring is not putting, a, you know, some words together that you don't live by. But if you're living by that, I think indirectly you're going to inspire, you know. Well, and you see that all the time on, on going back to social media, people posting, you know, inspirational quotes or little messages mm-hmm. or even uh, especially like in the, the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, oh, I'll get my body back. And then, you know. Three days later, I mean, like you see their diet. I, <laughs> I have an angle for you there. So fitness people, and I, I was, you know, I, I was into competitive fitness and MMA and stuff, you know, years right. back, and I'm not anymore. But anyways, those people live by strict dieting, exercise, and a regimen every single day, but they're not doing their own thing on social media. They're still doing what everyone else is doing. Exactly. You know, so I don't think it's they're they're not that unique. They're lazy in that aspect. Let me put it that way. So they're great and they're doing everything they need to be doing for content generation, but they're lazy in the aspect of not creating any, you know, quality content that's different that makes them unique and sets them aside from each other. Well and I think that that goes into the whole marketing scheme of we fall into that cookie cutter Exactly. Right. It's easy to. It's yeah. easy to yeah, you, you see know? somebody doing it and you see that okay, they have a bunch of followers it's obviously working. Then right. you do the same thing. Exactly. So I mean, but at the end of the day, what do you have? It, what do you so. have as a brand? You know what I mean? Oh, I agree with you 100. percent And in relationships, you know, that that goes just back to if you have a core relationship with your following, or relationship mm-hmm. with your clients, or or with your family, then it's going to be quality. It's not going to break. It's going to be there, or at least if there's adversity anywhere, it's not going to fall apart immediately. No. You know, who are you if you post something and you get 20 likes or 20 comments? And then you don't go and comment on those comments. So it's like doing a presentation 
and then walking out of the room when it's time for Q&A. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I like social media in the sense that I don't have to send pictures to my parents uh, yeah. or any of my other family yeah, members. Yeah. You know, do you remember back in the Fox photo? You had to go, <laughs> one hour photo, and, and Dude, you know, my the, wife. Wow, what was the store everyone went to, the drugstore, to do the photos? Eckerd's. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. we, you know, and my wife, you know, once a year, she would, God bless her soul, she would pictures and send them to my family and because my family wouldn't know what I looked like if my wife hadn't sent pictures to them in right. years. Um, and uh, uh, but I can you know send this this little thing right here is 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 uh, this phone is a, a wonderful tool or a horrible chain yep. um, depending on how you use it but what I like about this is that I can keep in touch with my family and all of us. And I don't know, maybe and everybody listening or not, we don't talk to our moms enough. We don't right. call them enough. Right. We don't say, "Mom, I, I love you." Thank I you. Agree. Don't you? I agree. And I don't. And yeah. I just said that on on air. Yeah. Um, but. Every day, I'll, you know, I'll send her a picture of Butterbean. I'll send her a picture of, of what's happening out there to see how things are going. Mm -hmm. Because this is a form of communication that actually kind of works. Right. Um, but there are times, you know, when you just you have to pick up the phone, you have to call, and you say, hey, how's everything going? How are you feeling? Uh, what, you know, what's happening? Um, but the, the, the tool that it is um, for that sense of being able to family members and I don't post. I don't post. I don't post things for 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 strangers to 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 look at and say, oh, you know, I want I want this or I want that. I, I post things so that my family and my friends right. say, yeah. hey, you know, uh, your, your grandson's growing. You know, you're, right. you're getting fatter. You know, things like that. Right. You know, and uh, uh, but uh, that's that's where I think we can utilize that as far as business goes. Um, you always post up things that say, you know, hey, we're going to be doing barbecue here. Right. You know, it's not a business thing, but you know what? Guess what? You're you come, you start talking to each other. Yeah. Oh, what do you do? It's yeah, oh, you know, no, you know what? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. You don't have to force feed information to people. No, you just you take it in. You work to common interest. Who do you know? Who can we work together to help? How can I work together with you to help you find that person? You know, I think that we're missing a lot of that here. I think there's still that old school sales mentality where people, especially in like in this world, in the podcast world, there's always someone sponsoring someone or there's always someone plugging something mm -hmm. and still trying to push sales down to your right. throat. I'm not calling them a sellout, but I'm just saying there's another angle to it. And that's what I'm trying to do here. I want everything that comes out of these speakers to basically motivate someone indirectly or directly. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe... They don't hear something that says, well, you need to do X, Y, Z with your marketing plan so you can succeed and get X, Y, Z number. But they heard something in, you know, the little bit of time we have that motivated them to make a decision that resulted in X, Y, Z number mm -hmm. or not even a number, just a shift in motion, right. a slight shift in motion. You know, if one angle's off on a house, it's going to fall over. You know what I mean? That one angle, if you can shift it, you can make it work right. And I think that's that's what we're getting at. Well, guys, we're almost wrapped up, but I have I have something for both of you. So um, I wanted to give you all something today. So, Will, I know you're a big scotch whiskey oh, connoisseur. Oh, so you can, tell, you, you can tell everyone what that is. Um, I, I just pick up the good, the good stuff or try to, something cool. Ben, you want to come over for some J&B? Uh, no, because that's Ben is actually a tequila connoisseur. And honestly, every time I see any cool tequila setup, I actually text Ben and say, man, check this shit out. So this is, I saw this and I was like, holy hell, I see this and I want to drink it because it's double-aged and whiskey 
barrels, but it's tequila. I don't know if you've had it yet. I have not but, had um, this one. You this definitely got to let me try it out or tell me how it is. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's a añejo, which is a darker. And what it is is um, they most of the time they distill it. And, and the clear is just pure distilled. When it's got color in it, a reposado, it's been in a whiskey, it had been in a barrel. And then the añejo, which is the age, is a lot of times in whiskey barrels. So you get that smoky flavor, mm-hmm. that, that spicy. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to tear this over. Yeah, we're going to have to try it out. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. And I appreciate and I hope we can get together again soon. No, thank yeah. you very much. I, I, I think if, if we say one last thing, it's, yeah. a great, it's a great thing you're doing. And um, I think everybody's got a story. If you if you, if you you listen to it, and a lot of times you may go, oh, my God, they were where I was. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they, they came through. So thank you so much. I, yeah, I'm honored I agree. That you did thank, that. thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely support what you're doing. And, y'all, and, and then you're going to ask anybody to, to come on the show. It gives you... Alcohol. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't broadcast that. Here's the deal. If you're going to take the time out of your day to come sit in this room with me and talk about whatever it is we're talking about, I just got to show my, you know, gratitude. Oh, there. You know, it is what it is. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye.